you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Around the NFL podcast, always heeds the call. Unless it's Mark calling for them to hurry up. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. 22 and a half minute late start here, so watch out. For Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and yes, back in studio for the first time in too long. The woman, the myth, the legend, Tiny Box. It's great to be back. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Mark, I miss how are you, you guys? Oh, there I'm we not go. doing good today. <laughs> I mean, how is that different than most days? It does feel a little different, though. Your you look body. good, though. I physically feel like a right. train wreck. And it's it's the thing is that I was feeling about fine about two hours ago. Right. And it's just like the steady decline downhill. Again, we had discussed um, earlier today that after today's taping, we might do some clerical work behind the scenes. We got to plan some shows out, do some other uh, X's. And I think O's. we might get another cartoon feet running out towards the parking lot <laughs> and the car peeling out scenario for our colleague Mark. Well, for my well-being. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. You know, it's good to be home, home being the studio. Like me in real life, uh, the idea of a nice, like, uh, relaxing, fun time is sitting on the couch, maybe at Tito's with my wife, watching something on TV. Yeah, that's how I feel about sometimes we go to Rams camp. Great time at Rams camp. Not that I like being home. That's where I like hanging out. I like hanging out with a couple friends at home. That's my thing. I haven't seen you guys at your house in a while. It's been a minute. Like, I, and but when I say your house, I mean the studio. The Chris right. Wessling yes. podcast studio. This house, it's been right. too long. You've yeah. been gallivanting all over training camp America, mm-hmm. and you're going to Minnesota tomorrow, so it's not over yeah. yet. How's it been going? I mean, you've been. We're going to talk about it in today's show. You've hit uh, several stops already, uh, so we'll get some of your camp takeaways. But how you doing with this travel life? Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's hot, real hot everywhere. A lot of bugs, uh, a lot of sweating, <laughs> and so it's been super glamorous. I can tell you that. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. By the way, um, me and Connie announcement. I have an announcement. We have an announcement. Bum, 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 bum. Let's as, go. As teased last <laughs> week, 
Um, Hard Knocks is back this week covering the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. And for the past 10 years on NFL.com, I have handled the weekly recaps of Hard Knocks. I have passed the reins on that particular project. But I am not out of the Hard Knocks game because me and the tiny fox, Connie Fox, (laughs) will be launching a... Hard Knocks podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. How you like that? It's been a a decade in the making. We have put so much planning into this. We've really been talking about it for a very long time. It's kind of (laughs) true. Five years ago, I feel like six years ago, we tried to get some shadowy league figures to let us do do it. And I don't know, maybe it was a clout deficiency at the time. Yeah. This time we pitched it. People were into it. And uh, you don't have to look hard for it, listeners, if you're interested, because it's going to drop right into the ATN feed tomorrow. Tomorrow night, every Tuesday night, the Hard Knocks recap for the next five weeks. I'm excited. We can, and now we can, I can listen on the yes. way into work the next day and not even watch Hard Knocks. No, of course <laughs> I'm going to watch Hard Knocks. I love Hard Knocks. But if you don't have time Mark, to watch. Mark, not so much. You just come I to do us. Like Hard Knocks. Although I need it them. It depends on the my, subject. The, the test this year will be can they keep the audience, me, uh, through the final episode because I do feel like the last couple seasons my mm-hmm. interest started fading a little bit late in the season. It's it, a challenge, yeah. Dan Campbell, that's a personality enough to to keep a whole season going. Plus the last episode traditionally to me is the most compelling because it's, With the it's whether you make mm-hmm. the team or not. You know, speaking of Dan Campbell, this would be kind of uh, my overall thought heading into the season of Hard Knocks that you have to go back to maybe Rex back in 2010, to see such a clear, obvious star of the show at head coach. Mm. Um, and, Connie, you sent this to me last night. This is, <laughs> this is again, Dan Campbell sounding like completely like a professional wrestler uh, addressing the crowd at Ford Field during their scrimmage this week. And this is the guy that has the chance to be an iconic hard knock star. Let's listen in. I'll tell you what, you would give your coat and winner. You would give your coach to somebody in winter that needed it, man. That's what this community is about. However, 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 <laughs> nobody will take advantage of our hospitality. Oh, my nobody. God. So that's who we're about. That's what we're about. This team is working their rear off to give you something to be proud of. All right. They're grinding it out right now. And I know this. We are freaking starving. We are starving. <laughs> So the hyenas better get out of the way. All right, ma'am. <laughs> that was All right, man. Total word salad. I, I, I find them very enjoyable. I, Someone I, get him a cliff bar or something. Like, what is it? What was that's so good. That was still like 20,000 people, too. Yeah, even, so that, that shows that Dan Campbell's doing something right. I don't think Matt Patricia was getting 20,000 oh, at the scrimmage. No way. Even the breaks and, the, and his cadence, that is how the rock would address an audience from the squared circle in 2001. There's a, definitely that vibe in that charisma with Campbell. I'm looking I mean, forward just to rock it. had a better such a good delivery. Like rock could deliver uh, a speech that was probably half written for him. Um, Some of that delivery yeah. went on, went a little South. I do have a question. Cause like Connie is a big, you're a big preparation person. Uh huh. You're going to be doing this right as the show wraps. You're going to jump on and do. Uh, how is the show structured? Is it just going to be mm. like a free for all? Really or? diving in here, mm-hmm. getting in the weeds. I love it. Yeah, love it. We don't know. 
Um, we're yeah. sold. That's yeah. where I was wondering. Has, has there been any discussion about structure? Yeah, you know, we're going to get a screener. We're working with the people, the, the <laughs> films team. It comes in. The films team is producing, obviously, Hard Knocks, and we've been communicating with them, so we'll have our, we'll be able to watch it before the episode airs, record our podcast, schedule it so it comes out right as Hard Knocks That's is very producing. Smooth. That's very our smooth. Hard Knocks producer, yeah, Justin. No, he's, he's I'm, got, I'm, he's excited. Got the job I'm as excited for the Lions as I have been for Hard Knocks in a while. Although I think you ignored one coach who kind of commanded uh, the center of <laughs> I'm not the step on your joke. screen you <laughs> here and really was the star, and that was Joe Philbin. Oh, oh Joey Phillips. <laughs> I was thought you were going to say Mike Smith. Oh, well, either, either would have worked. Davis? Either that was a rough I never know how to say it right. Either, right. either worked. A lot to get yeah. into. Uh, Greggy has a banger. What is it? 52? What did you come down with? 52? 50. It's a bunch. Two. 52 takeaways, takeaways from, from Things Canada. we learned. I don't know. Things we've learned this past weekend. A lot of teams had their scrimmages at the stadiums and all that stuff. So, so takeaways there. Connie also going to share her. Uh, I'm going to call it camp check-ins with Ooh. Connie Fox okay. uh, within that realm. We'll also bring back our old quotable segment with Grave Digger oh, love that. at the end. But before that. that, let's get caught up with some news. Did you? Well, Sunday. hopefully Sunday. nobody cries uh, around here because of these sunglasses. Ian, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Okay. It was more of a visual thing, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. doesn't translate as well when it's just You were saying audio. that your sunglasses had a macho man yeah, he was trying to, to take a shot at my sunglasses, right. which I love those sunglasses. So I was happy mm. that he was uh, drawing attention to I them. Couldn't, I couldn't get enough of that. And thank you <laughs> to Mark. Uh, Mark, I don't know what was going on this weekend, but so much, uh, so many dispatches about NFL Network from you, whether it was on social media or private text. One of those, one of those weird weekends when Mark was like way in on our network and he's like, man, this Sam Mills football life really is jumping off. Well, all right. So I that that's an indicator that I did not do much this weekend. I watched a lot of. I sat. Um, I did what you did, sitting on the couch, there you not go. with your wife, but you with, not. with alone watching My the wife? NFL Network. Here, I've watched what, television what your... with your wife, though. That's been delightful me? in the past. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> with oh, you. no. That's, with that is you. one of my favorites. Yeah, okay. Do you have any critiques from what you saw this past weekend? I don't have critiques. Mark? I thought, like, number one, like, I do think the training camp coverage has gotten better than where we were. Four or five years ago. Really? That's I great do. news. I do. Put it on a billboard. <laughs> That's the tagline. That's my slide. Mark has been watching an incredible amount of NFL Network uh, this month. Yeah. Um, you Pro. sometimes in the past you've been critical of the I would say forced jocularity. So maybe there's not, hasn't been as much as that. It's for been you. toned down. Very good. Which I which I appreciate because if if it were at the previous level, I would turn the television. It's on. Like if you've got Connie involved, like. It's gonna be great. You can you can handle that. It's sometimes people outside of their, you know, wheelhouse mm-hmm. being trying to be yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. It's mm. tough to watch. My kids know Connie. They're like, oh, that's the lady with the dogs. <laughs> so they know who you are. I mean, mm-hmm. they've seen you more more than a couple times. So and, and seriously, Mark, stay away from my wife. <laughs> what I'm friends with your with your wife. I, how, I have to, how close are you guys? Yeah, it's time well, to draw a line. We're friends. There's too many uh, comments <laughs> to read into at this point. Graver is really the one that you got to keep away from. Yeah. Graver's like, uh, hey, just a heads up, guys. Uh, It's my girlfriend's birthday. I'm like, really? And then, oh, yeah. What's your name again? How did you say it, Justin? You're asking me to say it? Yeah. Yeah. How did you say it? Do you remember what her name is? Yes. Her name is Jessica. It's not how you said it, though. You said it like this. Jessica. Jessica. (laughs) 
there was a real effect to it. <laughs> and you're and you're going on a trip Jessica. with her, I believe. Is that correct? We are this upcoming weekend. We're going on a little trip, mini vacation before the season. Jessica, slightly romantic. Let's get to the news. The Browns and Kareem Hunt. Hey, listen. I guess it's progress. We're not going to talk about the other guy with the Browns, but this, still, this isn't a great story. Um, for the Browns, who have a running back in Kareem Hunt, who's behind Nick Chubb on the depth chart, but obviously a very important player. Um, he is looking for a trade. He's looking to get out of town. He wants a fresh start, according to reports. Uh, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski um, not happy about Hunt staging a hold-in during uh, the first week of training camp. And uh, that's because Hunt, I guess, is looking to move on, Mark. He's got one more year on his deal, but it doesn't seem like the Browns have a lot of reason to move him at this time. They're not trading him. I mean, they, he's back at practice. They basically shut the whole thing down and find him, and he's working again. <laughs> and to me, it's absurd. I, like, first of all, how much money are you supposed to dedicate to your running back room? They they have a great backup in Dearness Johnson, who, who in two games last year showed up and showed well, and they've given Nick Chubb a bunch of money. And so Kareem Hunt is out of luck on this one. He also, you know... Sorry, but he missed nine games last year. He wasn't that productive for them. And it's like he's not an indispensable player. They'll move on and find a younger running back if they need to. No, this was the most unsuccessful Holden in Holden history. <laughs> he he started it because it's really only a couple of years old, the Holden. And uh, he started it on Friday. Uh, he was back to practice on Monday because they immediately started fining him. They said, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to give you uh, a raise either. He... Brought, he went into the GM's office and asked for this literally two days after the Deshaun Watson appeal uh, was uh, filed by the league. It's like, hello, like the Browns. The timing uh, on just that. Do, hey, we've got something that's like a little more important. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're the ones that saved your career when you missed eight games because of domestic violence, because you were on video kicking and pushing a woman. And then. On top of that, and this, go, is, Browns. this is the thing where it's it, where I think it got crazy and someone was like, just go back to work. He's eighth in running back pay this year. He's a backup running back making $6.25 million. Mm-hmm. If for some reason they were upset and they said, like, we're just going to cut you, he would not make that money back. He is not getting more money as a guy who had 70 carries last year coming off injuries and has a, a leak suspension. I, and, like, I had some people saying, it's like, well, you got, you know, you got to get over that. That's old news. It's like, he's at a bigger risk because if he does anything again of being suspended for the entire year. So, of course, that affects, like, his future mm-hmm. pay. And uh, I think the Browns probably told him, all of this, and he quickly just went. This Holden crumbled so fast; it almost didn't even have enough time to develop into a, a real story. I like it though; it's buttoned up now. <laughs> like, by the time we even <laughs> talked about it, that's, it helps. that's true. But like, it's also one of the most running back friendly offenses when you consider the quarterback situation. They're going to have to lean on the the running game so much, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities to prove himself that he can get paid. So as long as he doesn't get hurt, I mean, for next year, as long as he doesn't get hurt, then he's going to be in good shape. I feel like he's been hurt a lot, too. Well, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, in other news, Rapsheet reported that Baker Mayfield has the inside track to win the Panthers' starting quarterback job. Then a report serviced out there that the Panthers were maybe looking to move Sam Darnold, the incumbent, in a deal. Uh, whether or not that's legit, we don't know. But 
it was a big enough story that the quarterback and the head coach uh, were asked about it. Here's what Matt Rule said about the idea of potentially shopping Sam Darnold with Baker Mayfield in-house. That was obviously mentioned to me. I, I haven't had any of those conversations. So, you know, we're in the middle of a quarterback battle. I, I assume along with quarterback battles, things like that are going to be said, but there's nothing, that, nothing that's been said to me by Scott or anybody that we're in that. That's Scott, as in Scott Fitterer, the GM. Darnold um, acknowledged that he approached his GM and said, is this legit? So... Is there smoke, fire here? I don't know, Greg, but uh, Baker looks like he's in the driver's seat. It's sort of a fascinating window into like our media culture, though, because it was from a, a radio reporter who does some national stuff, but in Denver. Um, that's ha- that's kind of throws a lot of reports out there. But eventually it got back to Sam Darnold. I hadn't even heard about the report. It got to Sam Darnold because someone was probably blowing up his Twitter account or socials, and then he ends up talking to the general manager, and it becomes more of a story. I, I think Sam Darnold probably knows where he is right now, and that's um, being a backup this year. Ian Rappaport said uh, at Panthers camp he thinks it's it's Baker's job to lose because Baker's – even though they're splitting reps evenly so far, Baker's shown more – high-level plays and, and here's the quote from, from Ian the way it was explained to me said Ian is that Mayfield has more ability the wow plays the splash plays have been more towards Mayfield so he's pulling away mm. in this and what are you going to get for Sam Darnold in a trade if that was even possibly uh non-fiction a uh, bag of spoons I'm not That's... sure what you're going to get for Sam Darnold or who needs Sam Although Darnold maybe, on any level right maybe, now maybe maybe it is something where they if they can just get rid of him for like a conditional seventh I and, guess. and you take can shop some of the salary all you want who's going to buy him though at this point because you also have Jimmy G floating around out there you so if you need a quarterback That's what like you, need. you have him and then also Darnold's going to make 18.8 million this <sighs> season on the fifth year option that for some reason they picked up which was idiotic when it happened so mm. I don't know what his market so you, so what they would do is sort of do the reverse Mayfield. They're yeah. like paying Mayfield uh, only five million, and they the Browns are paying ten, and they would just say, "Look, we'll pay fifteen of Darnold's eighteen million if together just, you're paying a quarterback just salary. take them because they do have a, a rookie quarterback there, Matt Corral. They do have PJ Walker, who um, is is probably as valuable as Sam Darnold. For what it's worth, is 2-0 and as, as the Panthers starters and at least could be a second or third guy. But I so wonder like, if the 49ers are going to have to end up cutting Jimmy. So then he's just going to be floating around out there. If well, they, they don't have any so takers, the they need to get rid of him because of the to, cap. They're going to hold on to Jimmy G until I don't after know. final cuts. And I think see. you're just hoping for the landscape to go dark somewhere where they suddenly need a quarterback. That's like a $25.5 million cap hit. I think there'll be a similar thing as Darnold where... If they could find a, a mid to late round pick, they I, I think the hill he's if more like this is even true. Right. He's yeah. even more likely yeah. to be cut though. The the Jimmy G thing, I believe. Uh yeah. Landscape turning dark. How about this podcast? Because we're going into the bear cave. <laughs> Wide receiver issues for the Bears. First up, Byron Pringle. May or may a, not be ready for week one. He has a quad injury. There is no timetable for a return. And then Nikhil Harry, who was acquired in a trade with the Patriots uh, this weekend, suffered a potentially serious ankle injury. I think it's been ruled a high ankle sprain. So, you know, that is never good. So for a team that doesn't have a ton of depth, really anywhere um, on offense, this is not a good sign uh, for Justin Fields in year two. No. And 
I feel so bad for Nikhil Harry, whatever you think of him. It just it stinks for him because he kept talking about how he was looking forward to this being a fresh start and all of the good vibes there. And it was a really nice reset for him. And this Bears wide receiver room just keeps taking hit after hit. They're down three of their top four wide receivers. Their rookie is day to day. But Byron Pringle... Um, Matt Eberflus. I learned his nickname is Flus, so now I just want to keep good. calling him Flus. Ooh, that's um, good. Flus. Flus did say he thought that he'd Flus. be able to recover in time for that week one game against San Francisco. Um, but who knows with the quad injury. Um, but it's such a shame when you look at this young quarterback, Justin Fields, who's trying to this year take some type of step because last year was a disaster with the coaching staff and the scheme that I don't even think was really built for him at all. And now he's having all of his wide receivers go down. So you have Darnell Mooney and then who? Right. And that was the case even when they were healthy. I always, this was one of my uh, 51 uh, oh, it's not 51. 51 now. Well, you know what I realized is one Oof. of them was how Jameis Winston was healthy. Oh. Uh, and so we got to pull that. Gotta scratch yeah, that. got to pull that out of there. So we're down to 51. You're not going to go with an even 50? Oh, I right. Like, I like the odd like, numbers. I like the strange numbers. That just feels better. Okay. Like when I set an alarm in the morning, I'm, it's always like 647. It just uh, feels no, I do wrong. That if I weird. do that too. Yeah. What? It just feels yeah. so weird. That's, that's I can strange. never let the last number be zero. Yeah, or that's five kind of psychopathic I can only it. do five or zero. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. So w- one of the points was, you know, over the weekend at one point, Justin Fields is dropping back to pass. And so, of course, it's the first team. He's taking all the first team reps. And his three receiver set was... Chris Finke, Nasimbi Webster, and Isaiah Colty. Okay, who are the real players? Because you made those up. So. And this is, it's one of those points that I, I don't expound on it beyond that, but you sort of feel bad because these are young men who are professionals who've gotten to the highest level of the NFL. But essentially, I'm just by listing their name, I'm kind of making the point that this is a disaster. Don't they have so I do feel, I feel guilt. They do. I feel guilt about it. Are you now, okay? Like, do you just lay in bed when your alarm goes off at 6, 17? I was just like, is this mean? <laughs> if, My insight. Does it hurt the humans involved I, with the Isaiah sport? Isaiah Colty and Chris Fink. But yes, I'm not familiar with those guys. Who was the other? Nisimba Webster? Nisimba mm-hmm. Webster, Chris Finke, and Isaiah Colty. They definitely sound like names Mark made up. <laughs> they also have Kevin Shaw, who made a couple really nice catches. Okay, the other Shaw. Day. They got Darnell Mooney right. in there, probably was taking like the day off. Uh, okay, speaking of which, injury roundup. Yes, Jameis Winston tweaked his foot. Adam Schefter later reported that was a rolled ankle in practice. Mm. Uh, keep an eye on that. He's, of course, coming back from the ACL tear. Um, but doesn't appear to be too serious. But again, Winston's such an important part of what the Saints are trying to do. Uh, speaking of important parts of what teams are trying to do, Mekhi Becton, uh, the former first-round pick of the Jets, uh, slated to be the starting right tackle. He had a, some type of lower leg injury in practice on Monday. He's headed for an MRI. Jets fans holding their breath on that one. The guy doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. And Ravens first-round pick center Tyler Linderbaum, that dreaded harlot, that scorpion woman, Liz Frank, mm. on the scene. Hopefully not one of the type of Liz Frank injuries that ruins the season, but the Ravens once again coming off a, a summer in 2021 where injuries essentially blew up their season before it started in some ways. This would not be something you want to have your first-round pick out of the picture when he needs valuable reps. So they are counting on him as much as anyone is counting on a rookie lineman around at this point. It's a not it's it's a sprain, not a rupture, according to Mike Garofolo, which is good. This was the Linderbaum had a list Frank injury in college too at Iowa. 
but he also recovered from that to become the highest graded PFF center in the history of PFF. Whoa. So I think he's like the perfect Raven if he's healthy. I mean, they they're, they had a great draft, and he is exactly what they need. Well, Maybe he's the perfect Raven because he's hurt. Maybe right. that's the new uh, Raven. Well, that's that's, yeah, yeah. that's a newer trend, yeah. but I see where you're for going For the with most that. part, this... Um, Greg's like, oh, he's a human. No, 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 no. I'm just saying for I the know mo- he is. I, when I've been reading their reports, I'm like, are the Ravens going to like be devastated this year? And for the most part, they've been mostly healthy. I think, is Vince Beagle on their team? I think he's out for the season, was going to be like reserve linebacker, but for the most part, they've been healthy. But you're right, Linderbaum, they were going to change their offense for him because what he, you know, kind of like Creed Humphrey changed the Chiefs offense in a way like... Linderbaum is is a zone blocking, get him out in space, Jason Kelsey type of guy, and that's very much not what the Ravens have done before. And Greg Roman kind of talked about, look, we we drafted him because we want to do what he does best. And we're going to add to the mix, like become become a little different on in the running game just because of Linderbaum. So it'd be a big loss. I hate to hear the Liz Frank name. I don't mm. like when it comes up. It scares me. I know that I shouldn't be scared of it, mm-hmm. but it's just something that happens. It's a real thing, you know. That's good. That's a, That's a good this, one. <laughs> I finally understand where this segment was going, considering earlier in. Uh, well, this is still news. I, can this I apologize? Can I? I want to apologize to Colleen because <laughs> uh, because in the initial rundown, I had accidentally put Texans first round pick ahead of Liz Frank, and literally it sent Colleen for a spin emotionally and mentally that she didn't recover to, from until like seconds before we started the show. You also really put it now. twice. You put it right. in the, line, in the yeah. rundown twice. I just you, twisted you your threw mind me for a loop for 40 minutes and as well. And I'm like, how many Google searches <laughs> th- do I have to do here to figure out what the hell the story is? And because it was, it, this was why it was concerning. And I know that we discussed this before yeah. the show, but the Texans first round pick, yes, Derek Stingley Jr. Yes. Did have a list Frank really injury Really promising in cornerback. So I was like, I'm looking for trenchant updates, and there's nothing from like like two weeks. Like they think he'll be ready for week one. It's like, why are we discussing this in news? I can't tell you how much time I wasted trying to find the story that was not a story today. So. I'm sorry I threw a Molotov cocktail into the uh, pre-show. Uh, it's setup, great to be back on the it's show. Good to be back, and let's stick with the Ravens because this is one bit of no- news that can't slip by us. Tucker, it would be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good. Crossbar, and it tumbles through. It's good. Time has expired. That was insane. Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn, and it's mayhem on the field. <laughs> Bang! Ravens signed Justin Tucker to a four-year, 24 million contract. Extension, seventeen and a half million guaranteed for a kicker. Yeah, but this is not just any kicker. This is Justin Mother Effing Tucker. Seven All Pros in ten seasons, including five times first team. That's more than Morton Anderson, John Stenerud, who are both Hall of Famers. He's in the Superstar Club for a reason, and now he's paid better than any kicker ever, and that makes sense. I think your superstar club inclusion might have um, prompted mm, them I to get this does. business yeah. done. I hope I, I got them a so. couple extra zeros on the contract. Probably not, but if it did, that would be a career highlight. I love Justin Tucker. I'd sign him to a 15-year contract. I'd just like, Put just him in the Hall of Fame. In, you know. Where, let's see, how old is Justin Tucker? He's probably about 32 now. I mean, how many... He's, to me, a Hall of Famer. He's 32. He turns 33 in November Unless things go off the rails in a horrific way, 
I would like argue if he continues this for a couple more years, Greg, I think he's first ballot Hall of Fame and people need to use him as the precedent. I think so. I mean, he's the be- I, I don't think there's much argument against him as the best kicker in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Like if he retired now. So I, I, I think you're right. He'll be a no doubter. And that's why, you know, I saw this money and you're really happy for Justin Tucker. And it's like, oh, the Ravens are team special teams. And like, oh, this is all great. The richest kicker ever. But then I, you look at the contract and Justin Tucker and his family will be taken care of for the rest of their lives. I don't feel bad for them. But I just started like thinking about other NFL players and what they make. And I, I quickly just looked for who's making Ooh, $6 million like a year on a medium-term, long-term deal. And I, I found three quick names recently. Um, Mark Glowinski. Um, offensive lineman. Right. Offensive okay. guard. I would say a mid-level mm-hmm. guard, I believe, with the Giants, Giants. now. Yeah. Uh, Ted Karras. Uh, kind of a journeyman okay. mm-hmm. uh, interior lineman with the Bengals. Your point is coming into focus quickly. Yeah, I love and, it. And a, and a receiver I like a lot, so this is no shade, mm-hmm. but Braxton Berrios, who's a nice receiver, who's sure. probably the fourth receiver Just for the Jets a now. New deal, yep. Six million a year. The, here's the here's, Just saying. I, I mean, are they winning and losing games like Justin Tucker? He's an incredible value. Who knows where the Ravens would be in the last 10 years without Justin Tucker. But I will, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I wonder if he ever hit the open market. If it would be a situation, I wonder if he thought about that. I love it here. I my family set up here. The Ravens have always taken care of me. But I wonder what kind of bidding would go on a lot, for Justin Tucker. A lot of bidding. I feel maybe like. it's not about the money for him. Yeah, you know what? You I'm know? sure it is to some degree. And it's tough. They're like, well, kickers have never made this much. This, that, and the other. And it's like, okay. Well, is it the kind of thing where you um, his agent would agitate? many other agents if suddenly Justin Tucker's kicking salary was three times more than any other kicker. Well, I think the agents would love it. I think other teams would be like, what are you doing, But he's Steve also, Bichotti? I think well, it's very clear, even in the market, in the marketplace, if he got a out-of-this-world contract, he is an outlier. I feel yeah. like that would be understood. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the Ravens, they have that, our favorite streak in the, in the world uh, of professional football, 20 consecutive preseason wins, which is totally <laughs> bonkers and doesn't make any sense, even for a team that, oh, the Ravens try to win. So many things have to fall into place to win 20 consecutive preseason games. Guess who's up first on Thursday when they continue, hope to con- extend that all-time uh, preseason streak? You heard it. The Gravediggers team, the Titans. I mean, I know, I know they're not a division rival, but I, I know... There's talk in that building with Mike Vrabel. They would love to take down what is like the the equivalent of football of uh, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Can it be done? Can the Titans do it? If anyone can do it, I feel like the Titans might be well-positioned because when all the third, fourth stringers are on the field, the Titans at least have Malik Willis probably closing the game. And even if he can't do a whole lot, he's going to run around and be exciting. So... The, the Titans and the Ravens have a rivalry that goes back historically. Mike Vrabel and John Harbaugh almost fought on a on like the mm. 50-yard line of the he field. Would, he would love to take oh. down Harbaugh. You might say that the history is rich. It is. Might. You just might. <laughs> so I hope, I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully Malik Willis can make some plays and make it a game. It is bizarre. I mean, I'm, I'm going through some old preseason box scores of, of like when this started and at one point the Ravens are winning games with Thad Lewis, Josh Woodrum and Ryan Mallett as their quarterback but they just find a way it's to win. It's unbelievable and they broke 
the Vince Lombardi Packers record. And you know Lombardi oh, he's was playing Bart Starr every snap. Sure. You know, that was a whole <laughs> different world. Like this this is so much stranger than whatever uh, the Packers did in the 60s and 70s or whatever. Does Jessica watch a game like this with you when it Jessica. has this much meaning? Jessica. Uh, she will actually probably watch with me on Thursday. Wow. Hey, guys, one thing before we get the show going. Uh, it's my girlfriend's birthday. Jessica. Jessica. That is a gross exaggeration of how that happened. That's not too gross. We can only whisper her name now. Uh, all right. We'll take a break, and then we're going to do uh, some check-ins on Greg's 51 takeaways and Connie's camp check-ins. Up next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Your head. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> Connie, where'd we go? Wait, I think I wrote this down. <laughs> okay. Colts, Bucks, Rams, Broncos. You went to the Bengals, but you also said that was so long ago that you don't remember it anymore. Is that correct? Pretty much. So yeah. we're not going to hold you to that. That was the first camp. Uh, at this point, it's a little blurry. Like mm. there, there was a lot of hotels, a lot of plane rides, a lot of camps, a lot of stuff to remember. So I will Short tell you. Short to medium uh, term memory, not your strength. No. Mm-mm. Wonder why. Um, what about fans? <laughs> ATN fans. Great. ATN fans. A uh, ton. A ton respectful. of fans. Uh, I love the listeners of the show. They're the best. They are the Good nicest people. across the board. And that's always been the case. But at all of the camps, there have been ATN listeners there. Wow. Even when I did uh, something in D.C. with McCole Hardman and players from Bayern Munich 
the soccer team. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, one of the guys that works at the stadium uh, or, or does PR for someone there, his name is Taylor, and he wanted me to say hello. Ah. Uh, he is such a big fan. So, yeah, shout out to all of the ATN listeners. Now, are, you, are you getting recognized in airports nonstop when you're going to I'm getting from a lot of gate? Connie Foxes, yeah. which I love. It's any my favorite. Tiny, any tiny boxes? Tiny boxes tiny too. Boxes tiny boxes is I great. Would, don't don't yell that out. That like that people yell that out from the crowd. Just because I feel me like laugh though. When they it, do. I just <laughs> feel don't, like that. Don't try to police people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you if you talk to her privately, I just feel like that could confuse a lot of people, and it just, makes you uncomfortable. But not not apparently not I the people a, that um, are shouting it. I went to a concert in Hollywood on Friday with my buddy Bob. We saw Sam Fender, who's like an up-and-coming British rock guy. And we got there. We and love it was like, the Brits. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man. You noticed in this venue at, at the Fonda Theater, a lot of Brits were there. And I was like, okay. like Our throwback pod has a lot of like overseas listeners. Mm. It's Sam Fender. A lot of people came over to see him in a small venue as opposed to watching him in the 700th row at Glastonbury. I'm setting the over under at two and a half for uh, ATN listeners being here. Within 30 seconds, I turned around. There was a guy right in front of me with his wife. Very nice. Talked to him intermittently throughout the evening, the performance. Two more people in the out. We hit the over. Hit the over. They're everywhere now. I like this. Well, you're big time now. We did it. New contracts. New you, guys. Wow. Did the large man like follow you around the venue? No, no. Oh. It was just like a general uh, admission scenario. And we okay. both we had a good spot on the stage. He's right. Like, One more point, Dan. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Mark's like when nightmare. Yeah. The guy that was it's outside of Elmo's at the combine was my oh, favorite. Hi, <laughs> the, the tiny, tiny box. box. <laughs> just completely <laughs> took his attention away from everything else. You have that effect on people, Connie. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Do you want to share it before we get to Greg's top 51? Do you want to share something from one of the camps? Maybe yeah, what's the most recent place you've your been? Your boots on the ground. I think your your notes are going to be better. So the most recent place I was, I uh, was at the Rams this past Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that you guys had Alan Robinson on the pod. That was a great interview. I was cracking up, Mark, when you asked him if him and Stafford just like look at each other sometimes and are like, we're way better off at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, it's got to be real. <laughs> um, but he... Caught a beautiful no-look pass from Stafford on Saturday. It was right behind us um, where we were doing the show. Cooper Cup raved about him afterwards, so they obviously love him. It's not hard to see how he's going to be amazing in this offense. But Leonard Floyd um, was another guy that we talked to on defense who he's going to have an interesting role in the pass rush considering Von Miller isn't there anymore. And I feel like his journey is one that people don't really talk about a lot because he was cut by the Bears. He signed a one-year deal with the Rams. He delivered. Then he got a really nice payday and won the Super Bowl. So his last two seasons Mm. have been the best of his career. He has 20 sacks in the last two seasons combined. And he had off-season ankle surgery this past year. It was something that had bothered him all season. He had played through it. So now he's healthy. I think he's going to play a big role in that pass rush. But there was a hilarious exchange uh, when we were talking to him because MJD was nonstop talking about his Rams Super Bowl ring all day long. Mm. So I asked him how important MJD was to their Super Bowl run. And Floyd's response was that he didn't know MJD worked for the team. Oh. And that really just made everything so worth that it. I took it down a peg, I, I assume. Yeah. But um, in terms of like, just <laughs> I other, love that. 
uh, and we ups. love MJD. That's he's that's the best. Him. He's so much fun to work with. How did he take that? Oh, he he was he was not happy about it. And then <laughs> and then Floyd was like, "Well, my ring is bigger than yours." And MJD was like, "We got the same ring. It's the same size." Is that true? Yeah. Because we had JB Long, who was they uh, all get the same ring. MJD's yeah. partner on the radio. Uh, that's pretty cool that you get the same ring. Okay, and, they don't give you like a. Like that would a, be. That would be all right. I, think, no, I think that would make sense. Like if it's you're like on CZs the team instead of or you're on the coaching staff. Hell, even within the team, I think Matthew Stafford's ring should be way bigger than I don't know, like John Wolford, the back. John Wolford. Well, I kind know, of like that. That would be Aaron Donald's ring should be. You could see it from space. I could see a lot of hard feelings there. there yeah. That would not he go wasn't over here well. long enough. Like Floyd, it's a smaller ring. Floyd, sure. You get a great Dot, ring, though. but not as big as Vaughn's. No, you know, it just keeps guys hungry. Sometimes you hear about, oh, this idea. Well, they won a title and they got stuff. Not if your ring sucks. No, I think it would push them to do to achieve more. I, uh, I worry about their pass rush. They're they're one of those teams mm-hmm. that there's some good teams where everything's like set. Like the Bengals have no position battles, for instance, going on. There's just a few really boring camps because there's not much to be settled. The Vikings weirdly are, are one of them. The Rams Rams have open (laughs) spots is my point. Like Floyd has the one and a total question mark of who's going to kind of be their other edge rushers. All right. That's good. And by the way, I I still think there's a little more to the Stafford thing that everybody is trying to chill everybody out um, with the elbow situation um, with Stafford on Friday when we were there. Talked to somebody high up with the team off mic and and he kind of laughed it off as nothing. Then Sean McVay, after Stafford threw in Saturday's practice, said he will sleep better. Why would you say you sleep better <laughs> if it, everyone says, oh, this is nothing? they don't know. No one really knows. You're, you're saying, right. I think yeah. it's a little bit more of an issue than they want publicly people to let on, and hopefully it well, doesn't become McVay's a long-term issue. McVay's been more honest. Issue. I thought that, you know, saying that he's never dealt with an injury like this, it's more of a baseball thing, but that like I think it's a, a wait-and-see situation that could be more concerning he if it turns like into pain. He had like a 60 pain. yarder, and that was, I think, what McVay was specifically answering was like, oh, that was that. I think that it's nice more of see. just a pain tolerance thing, too, not necessarily something that's going to affect how he throws, just how he deals with the pain when he does throw. This sounds to me like it's been a situation that they've dealt with for a while, mm. at least Stafford has for a while, and I think the Last Rams they did. knew yeah. about it right. when they, they were brought hoping him for in relief. too. Yeah. They were hoping for relief with the procedure, the way, and they didn't get it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna see Stafford obviously in the preseason. We're not gonna see, according to the LA Times, John Wolford either. So this is just a little quiz, your depth chart knowledge. Who would be get in line to get snaps for the Rams? No, looking at your laptop, Greg. I got it. But I give it to well, me. Bryce Perkins. We, we, That's good, Greg. I was there for last year's uh, preseason what? opener, and Perkins played the That's whole time, basically. Greg. And Craig, you're short. How you're right is again. this? How does your mind work? I don't. <laughs> Why understand. isn't your short-term memory affected? Yeah, I mean it is, but yeah. it, it contains. Because I got the rosters. Know. I got the rosters. All right, what do you got, Greg? Give me a fifty-one. Give me one of the fifty-one. Well, What's your favorite one? I, well, not favorite, but juiciest. I think the juiciest one we haven't discussed on this show is the whole. Patriots idea that they're really going through with like installing this zone blocking scheme that after 21 years, Charlie Weiss arrives. You could really go back to the mid 80s with Ron Earhart and Bill Belichick will talk about it when they installed this offense for Phil Simms and and other players on the Giants. But with the Patriots, you can go back 21 years to the offense Charlie Weiss installed. They've been running that offense since. In terms of their running game, it's mm. like like a power power running game uh, where, where you're taking up the blockers. Now they they see what's going on around the league. 
They lose Josh McDaniels, who's a fantastic offensive coordinator. And there was like this kind of whispers like, oh, we're going to start installing this zone blocking scheme in, in the offseason. But people weren't really sure if they meant it. Um, and the Patriots weren't talking about it because they don't talk about anything. Fast forward to this training camp and anyone watching the Patriots on a daily basis is saying they didn't just like tweak the old offense. They ripped it up. They started from scratch and it's going horribly that Mac Jones looks out of sync. He looks uncomfortable. The most um, telling quote Tom Curran pointed out, and this is why Curran's the best, that just sort of as an aside, Mac Jones said at one point in his press conference that he was getting his feet wet in the new offense. And it's like, oh, wait, we didn't totally know you had a new offense. And wait, why is Mac Jones getting his feet wet? Right. After Season they were starts one of in the t- one month, by the way. Also, they were t- a top 10 scoring team with a rookie quarterback and a pretty lackluster group around them. They were a very effective offense last year, considering they had a rookie quarterback, primarily because of their running game. And um, he ripped it all up. And oh, by the way, it's going to be Matt Patricia and Joe freaking Judge that's, like, that's installing it. So I was... Trying to, Marky, uh, he's nervous. Coordinator I think by committee. Tra- it's, a, it's what a ripple trickle down effect from losing Josh McDaniels yes. because none of this would be happening, and you'd be, you know, enveloping Mac Jones with a great offensive coordinator, and now instead you have a, the, the hubris of the Patriots to think we'll just install Matt Patricia as an untitled play caller. That's who's in well, that the, part, the that part of Matt is fine, Jones. But like, how does he know how to install like... Well, why is it a, fine? A shun- no, that, I don't think it is fine. I think... In, well, no, that's not fine either. You're right. But if they were running the same <laughs> offense... It's a disaster. I feel like maybe that can work. You have Belichick running it. You you have the institutional it's be knowledge. Bill, Bill's show. Yeah. And maybe it maybe it'll all work in the end, but it, it is a huge departure from their gap heavy sort of power rushing attack, which was the core of their offense. And these are the guys installing it. I know it. exactly where this it, is going. It, it might work out in the end, but man, it, to it me, going? it's a very this important is, story. This is just another version of, oh my God, what are the Patriots doing? They have no mm. idea what they're doing. And mm. I mean, talk to me in like November because the Patriots always end up starting a little slow That's anyway. A fair angle. I, I mean, think they are a huge, obviously they represent a huge question mark in the AFC entering the season. And it does seem to point to if you're getting the Patriots on the schedule, and this is kind of how it always has been, like get them in September and into October because there probably will be some bumps and and bruises for this team trying to figure things out right now. But again, also with Patricia, yeah, he's the play caller, but if things are going poorly and the boss thinks it's Patricia playing a role, well, Belichick's going to call plays. He's going to take over. There have been practices where he has been the the play caller. Right, and I think if this – zone blocking scheme is going poorly. He might just rip that up and give up. Why that's are they a, doing That's it? what I would think. Yeah. Uh, but current, because Bill Belichick thinks it's better for the Patriots. He and I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Is it the, the personnel it, they have? It's better fit no, for well, this that, personnel? That's the thing that's confusing. They have these big offensive linemen that on paper fit the old scheme better. Oh, when you certainly Trent Brown to me that, you know, they drafted Isaiah Wynn with this other scheme in mind. Then they draft Cole Strange. That was sort of like a, a tip off to where they were going, who's maybe going to fit better in like a zone scheme. And Curran thinks that Belichick's in too deep, that, that basically he thinks this is going to be better for the organization in the really long run. And that if they have to stink, even for a season or or whatever it's going to be, that he felt like, Basically, they were running this old attack and the league has changed and this was the change he wanted to see and that he's going to stick with it. But Greg Bedard, who's watched every Patriots practice forever, was like, this was the worst 
practices I have seen in my life, with maybe the exception of the Cam Cameron Dolphins. But that, like, that's what is he said. that is it worth it to put <laughs> Mac Jones through that just in his second year in the league when that he's so young? Me. How many voices are in his head right now right. too, calling plays when you're used to just one Josh McDaniels and you guys have a rhythm, and now all of a sudden there's like three different voices and three different it's, personalities. It reminds me of what bad teams do. Where it's like you had you had the best rookie quarterback a year ago, and you've found a way to muddle it up and remove all momentum. I think I'm the only one not really freaking. I'm not out pan. On this. I'm not freaking out as much as like Bill I Bell find Jack's it. Team. I find it fascinating because I do find the X's right, and O's. Fascinating is one thing, like, but the does fact it not that strike you as disorganized? It's a bold. No, I don't not think disorganized. So, it was a very Bill Belichick's team is not uh, disorganized. It was a calculated well, move, and they sort of used the McDaniel's departure for him to do something he wanted. And it, I, 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 I don't question his bona fides, but it's dramatic considering they've they've literally been running out of that old playbook in some capacity for twenty one years. Right. I'm just saying it's that one of the Belichick, even with Brady there, sometimes it took time yep. for them to figure things out. And maybe it's a little more rocky this year, or maybe even a lot more rocky. But I think come November, I think they're going to be in the mix for the wild card. They could be in the mix for the division. Um, really? I think there's a lot of like idea that oh, the yeah. Patriots are going to be terrible this year because of some of these things going on. Not terrible. I think there's a, a better chance that they figure it out by the time it counts. They'll probably win nine games or ten games. I don't have an issue with that. I just something about the whole. Matt Patricia and come back home thing and the way that they've dealt with it is uh, unusual to me. All right, Connie, what else? Okay, so also two little random things. Boots on the ground with Connie Fox. Tampa. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but Mike Evans, before he um, hurt himself, uh, he is a huge Harry Potter fan, so much Mm. so that he got a Harry Potter tattoo, a pretty sizable Harry Potter tattoo on his calf this offseason, which I was with Steve Smith Sr. in Tampa, and we were asking him, like, you know, Harry Potter hasn't really come out with anything new in a while, so what prompted you this particular Mm. offseason to go with the tattoo? He loves Harry Potter. He said he watches it every day. And that's how he falls asleep. He watches the movies every day? That's how he falls asleep every night, putting on a little HP. That is the last thing that I would <laughs> want in my ear as I was falling asleep. He That's said a little note. HP. He said a little HP. A little. He said that. That's a direct quote. Little HP. He was so Love funny that. about it. He was great. And then we also talked to Leonard Fournette, who had a lot of fun about all of the trash everyone was talking about him coming into camp mm. overweight. Um, he laughed a lot about it, but he also. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a clip floating around on social of him brushing his teeth on the sideline at practice. And so we were asking him about that. And he told us that he has about, right now, ballpark, about 40 toothbrushes in his locker. So I tried Sickle. to get into the weeds on that a little bit more yeah. to, to find out why, but sure. I was getting wrapped. Uh, so there is uh, some intrigue there as to why he I, has I 40 toothbrushes. My father-in-law is a retired dentist. I'm going to ask him, when is it too much in terms of brushing? I would imagine you would run into potential enamel issues yeah, if sure. you're repeatedly scrubbing 
You know, I think I I would be more concerned about gums, like gum recession. Absolutely. You know what? What? So wait, the NFL Network decided that was not a uh, interesting enough topic. This was after we had been talking to him for a while. This was at the end Uh of the interview, Um, and so he was just going on and on about how important mouth hygiene is. Um, He's like, by the way, there was a break at the Watergate. No, can't argue. Yeah. So those were two little things from Bucks. I get. I'm in the I'm in the weeds a little bit, like things like Harry Potter and. Lord of the Rings, but I understand it's it's incredibly meaningful those franchises to people. So. I don't know I anything about Harry Potter. <laughs> Wish I did. That I mean, would have been helpful. I don't know about giant tattoo on the calf for a thirty year old man, but at the same time, I'm not it's judgmental. Like, okay. I was thinking like, is there a point he gets older? Maybe he ends up having a family where he feels differently about Harry Potter. But I think the answer is probably no. If he's this in at no. this point, he's, he's going to love it forever. I don't know if he has children, but I'm sure he's excited to introduce. The Harry Potter franchise, maybe the books. Yeah, I mean, if it makes sure. him, I'm you know. sure every day that he sees it, he, it makes him happy. Great. Who, who's to begrudge that? So Jason Light's son, <laughs> uh, the the Bucks GM, his son was there waiting for an autograph from Mike Evans, and so we brought him over during the interview. And Mike Evans and and us, we were asking him if he knows anything about Harry Potter. He's a young kid, little sure. kid, uh, had no idea of yeah. what it was, had Ooh, never no seen it. With Culture that. Not at all. Uh, Mark, do you want to throw out a nug from Greg's write-up that interests you? Number 19. Is this the old number 19 or the That's a good question. I grabbed it around 7 in the morning. I think it'll probably be 18 now. Okay, well, I grabbed it around. We'll take out Winston. Winston. Not since the Texans-Tyler Lindenbaum uh, drama has something gotten so confusing (laughs) to throw (laughs) the show off track. All right, go ahead. A rocky morning. Um. (laughs) I, this is so predictable to me. I can't believe that this is happening. We already didn't know it was going to happen. Carson Wentz is struggling in <laughs> camp with his accuracy to the point where Ron Rivera is having to openly discuss it and say that they're not thrilled with how he's playing. Uh, I mean, it's just like you went out and like heat-seeked this quarterback when the market was still mm. wide open to go in a number of different directions. And Carson Wentz has been a, a, a hot mess in multiple venues years in a row, and now he's in Washington struggling. Big surprise. We have- but I think it's notable because the other side is he's having a great camp. He's really picking it up. It's like he's standing out to what? What was the one of the defensive players was chasing him out of bounds and yelling at him, <laughs> yeah. "Get rid of it! Get rid of it!" Right? Because he was like he was outside the pocket in a normal play. Montez Sweat is chasing him. He's gonna get the sack on the play, and is saying, "Get rid of it! Get rid of it! Like don't go out of bounds because you're gonna take a seven yard loss." But Wentz did not get rid of it. It's just, I've seen this play so many times. I know how the movie ends. It's great. They've also been missing three of their starting offensive linemen almost the whole time. Curtis Samuel has been in and out, but it Wentz doesn't necessarily pass that. I feel like they're the baseline test of an NFL quarterback is like, when you're protected in a game, can you deliver? Because almost all of them can. Like Daniel Jones, to me, for instance, passes that. Like, if you're just protected, Baker certainly passes that. If you're protected, can you just deliver? That's sort of the baseline. And like, Wentz is doing this against air. He's, it's not against the pass rush. It's not a, not even when, when they have... Well, at least he's a ferocious team leader. I mean... That's the, the part main of it thing, sounds like it's going just as poorly as everything like else. Every single team, the reporters are like, well, the defense is crushing the offense. So that but is that's some, every yeah, camp. That's every it's camp. A, the defense is always except, ahead of the offense. Except for Jared Goff. Like, they just like, Jared Ooh, Goff is lighting, lighting it, up. it up. But with Wentz, it's like the main thing coming out of camp is that he is consistently inconsistent. And that has been his entire career. I mean, up until that 2017 year when he got hurt, he was really good before that. You could see the flashes 
coaches and then right. boom. I can't believe mm-hmm. we have to watch Jared Goff again on an, a high-profile NFL films documentary this, series. He's <laughs> ha- seven training time. camps. This, oh, yeah, uh, yeah that, this that is part of it fourth. is annoying. I Hard think knocks, he might have a good season, 2016 though. Rams, all or nothing, 2016 Rams. 2020 uh, all or nothing Rams and now or Hard Knocks Rams and now somehow impossibly almost 2022 Detroit Lions. It's not Goff's fault in a way. It's just that there was so much attention heaped on the Rams. What is his fault is he's not the most dynamic presence. That is his fault. Uh, But they have a lot of other personalities. Kind of more on him. Let's hope. You're, I don't Jamal think we're Williams gonna, yeah. has a point, huge personality. I think he's going to be a star on the show. Like at this point, the NFL films crew, like there has to be multiple people in that crew that's getting invited to Goff's wedding. They have to be close at this <laughs> yeah. point. They have spent a lot of time. All right, give us another camp check-in. Okay. Coming. So for the Colts, um, I feel like I'm really high on the Colts, and I don't know if it's just because I ended up like spending a little bit more time with them or not, but. Frank Reich, he is over the moon with um, Matt, Matty Ice, I was going to call him, Matt Ryan. And this is he, all connected directly to Carson Wentz, by the way, too, because they right. couldn't wait to get him out of the building. So anybody that comes in, they're going to be happy about. But then when it's a former MVP and a potential Hall of Famer, it was – put it this way, not to talk over you. God, yeah. I'm going to throw it right back to you. This was a perfect um, storm for Matt Ryan loving this summer. Oh, you know, no question Go about ahead. it. And all I've heard from the team is just how intense Matt Ryan has been since coming in, just He's taking nuts. taking over that like leadership role, teaching everyone nonstop, like everyone absolutely loves him. And also the fact that Frank Reich finally got Reggie Wayne on the staff. This was something that Frank Reich had been trying for mm. for years. He said that he probably called Reggie like 50 times to come and be the wide receiver's coach so now Reggie's there and they really love their rookie Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati he's fast he's got good hands he can catch those 50-50 balls and this is an offense where Michael Pittman Jr. he really emerged as the number one target last year so now if they can get something out of Alec Pierce I think that he could play a big role in this offense Paris Campbell well it's like Paris Campbell season uh you hope that the injuries don't happen again. Maybe they don't this year, but this is like, when I think about this offense with Matt Ryan, the fact that he's never had a run game like this, this is one of the best offensive lines he's probably had. Also something that I found out at camp, it is not pronounced Bobby Okariki. He Mm. is going with a more traditional Nigerian pronunciation. So it's Bobby Okarike. 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 Good to know. That's a good nugget. That would, that's news you can use. Exactly. What about Shaquille Leonard? <laughs> yeah, Shaq Leonard. Any talk on that? Um, I asked DeForest Buckner like if it was weird. Uh, and he was like, no, we've all been calling him Shaq, and so it really wasn't mm, like that good. big of a deal for us. But Great. he was like, the Okarake thing threw me. He's like, because mm-hmm. I usually like greet him in the parking lot every day and say, Okariki. And he's like, so now I can. I got to like change that Imagine, up like, a little bit. All those, all those times, like a tear was going down his cheek. <laughs> he was like, that's not how you say it. No I one think that he just like me. decided this year. But um, I did find it interesting that's that like. Public story. Their, their schedule, they haven't won a season opener since 2013 the Colts they oh. always start really slow and they play uh I think it's the Texans and then the Jags on the road first this year so like 
getting a fast start, so they're not in the situation that they were in last year where they needed to win one of their you know two last games to actually make the playoffs. If they can get a fast start, then that would be nice because then their home opener is against the Chiefs week mm-hmm. three. Mm. All right. they, might, they might not have Shaquille Leonard. That, to me, is more concerning yeah. than, than the, the change he's hurt. And I, th- I you mentioned Pierce as a starter. They're going to have a couple of rookie starters. It sounds like Nick Cross, like a third-round rookie safety has just been one of those guys that they say like immediate day one starter, which you do not necessarily expect that of a third round pick. They had another third round pick who was a lot of people's top tight end in the entire draft, Jelani Woods, who was apparently buried and like wouldn't probably wouldn't make the team if not for being a third round pick in his fourth or fifth on the depth chart. But that's one of those guys like on draft day fantasy heads are like, ooh, Jelani Woods, that could be someone we draft. And then you get to camp and and he's buried. Uh, All right, let's take a break and then uh, finish out our conversation. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back. Let's hit a couple more, Greg, on your list. Uh, You know what? You point out on number 13, or is it number 12 on your list? That's very confusing. Under cause for concern. It's officially time to worry about the Packers' offensive line. They've been struggling Mm. in camp. Uh, Elgin Jenkins headed for the pup list, uh, most likely to start the season. We all know what's going on with David Bakhtiari. And what, what what I mean is nobody knows what's going on with David Bakhtiari other than he's missed basically all of last season and there's no timetable for a turn now. And I think it makes me think more bigger picture. And we just talked about it with the Patriots earlier. Teams that watch out maybe for slow starts. Not only is the line of work in progress um, in front of Aaron Rodgers, Obviously, chemistry is different with Devontae Adams not there, and Rodgers has to learn how to you know, get a connection with his new wide receivers. So you combined the loss of 
the star wide receiver with a offensive line in transition, that has the recipe for mm. some ten to twenty point weeks. Right. And you're at you're at Vikings week one, you're at the Bucks week three, two tricky road games. They it's just asking a lot out of Rodgers. Packers fans will point out like, look, Jenkins and Bakhtiari were gone most of most last of year. Most of last year they too, did it. Which is a which is a totally fair point. Didn't the game the season didn't end. And he was the right an MVP. Way. But they also it's just like guys you don't think about. Lucas Patrick left for the Bears. Billy Turner left for the Broncos. So those were guys that were starting and playing for them too. So it's just Man, it's asking. It's a Rogers kind of makes his offensive lineman in some way, but that's asking a lot. It's putting so much on Rogers this year. Mm-hmm. They really are putting a lot on his shoulders. You got another one, Mark? I'm intrigued by uh, the reports on Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City, seventh rounder in the running back race, and they wow. use a sent Greg Wrights in his thing. He's making noise in a wide open running back battle and he just moves different. He's getting he's getting first team snaps with Patrick Mahomes. So that's the kind of stuff I like to watch in the preseason is someone yes. who's bubbling up in practice, starting to penetrate the first team depth chart. Zach Zenner All Star. Mark Sessler, Zach Zenner All Star. Like <laughs> this that. guy sounds a little spicier <laughs> than Zach yeah. Zenner. Pacheco is, is one of those guys that you saw like in the draft process that man, he just moves crazy. He's a little bit of an upright runner. Uh, but he's someone in the preseason that can earn a role. Like yeah. a big role. It sounds like he's going to be their kick returner, which means he's going to be on their game day roster, and it's Andy Reid. That running back room seems like totally wide open for him to just step in and be one of those, uh, those Zach fantasy Zach is a preseason rushing champion. Never forget that. That's mark. true. You, more than any other person, preseason rushing champ. I think that matters. I feel like Damien. He also he- carved out not mm. the worst little career for himself. I mean, he hung around. Texans uh, fourth round pick Damian Pierce feels like another fantasy like sleeper that could emerge in the preseason. But that it, the rookie like reports are import, probably more important than anything. Like there's some guys like Romeo Dubs in Green Bay. It's like now you'd be surprised if he wasn't starting or having a big role in week one. And he was a fourth round rookie that he's already passed Christian Watson, the guy that they traded up all those picks for in the second round who hasn't been able to play at all. But then there's also the flip side. And and the one point I did want to just get in here before he moved off was the bills cornerback situation that Kyer Elam, their first round pick has really been struggling that they've picked on him. They're thinking maybe it's because you have to go against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and this Mm -hmm. offense and practice every day, but that, you know, he's splitting reps with the sixth round pick, Christian Benford, who's maybe looked a little better. And then you kind of look at the whole picture. Tredavious White is coming off of a torn ACL. He hasn't been able to practice at all. They're a little thin there to begin with. It's like Dane Jackson and a couple rookies that are struggling and potentially got the Rams week one. The defending champs as two and a half point underdogs at home. I'm not saying the Rainmakers right. coming out on August 8th, but it the, traditionally <laughs> but the are rolling in. Yeah, traditionally, <laughs> that one caught that one caught my eye because you know it's the home team in Week One. Sure. Generally, I would give them the okay, edge regardless, and they they could be matching up against some pretty nice receivers there for the Rams. Connie. I am just looking over your article, which everybody should check out. They can find it on NFL.com. Rosenthal. Great plug. Um, The weird coach stuff section is something that I didn't notice when I first pulled up this article, but I didn't realize that Brian Dayball isn't letting the media or fans. How do you you police fans post any clips from practice after Was that Sean McDermott's style too? Yeah. I think there are a decent amount of teams that do this. 
So initially, media is putting up the videos, and right. that, and that's that happens all over the place. Yeah. So you see it all over the place, and then they have the PR staffers or whoever, like the the really lowly coaching assistants, like tell the media, "You're not allowed to do that. We're going to change policy." He changed policy a couple of days into yeah. practice. You, you were but very important the, to make the the wide receivers of the Bears you humanize them. Yes, but then the coaching staff is referred to as the lowly members of the coaching staff. <laughs> I'm just Those saying, are humans too, Greg. I get it, but Dable's the one who's being a jerk to them by like, okay, you got to be the one to tell the media they can't send out videos. But then even lower than that is whoever's stuck going into the crowd and stopping <laughs> yeah. the fans. But how do you That's police That's what I want to know. How, how is this being enforced? That feels That's un- unenforceable. But, but you know what's inter- what was most interesting about it, and I think this was Dan Dugan of The Athletic's way to fight back Dukes. just a little bit, was he said, without mentioning a source, said that Dable has staffers monitoring other teams' uh, videos that have less stringent policies. So he actually believes there is a competitive advantage. But I like that Dugan put it out there, that Dable's got people checking Twitter to find uh, maybe, let's say, some division rivals or whatever that might be... uh, So they're doing, like, (laughs) scouting reports on Twitter and Instagram? Just seeing what they can get. Yeah, I guess. Listen, I'm not going to judge. Let's see how he does as head coach. Uh, Do you have anything else from your takeaways, Connie, before we move on to quotables? Those were were the main ones. Those were the the good ones. All right. Keep following Connie. She's going to Minnesota next. Where else are you going? Oh, yeah. That's the last stop. Last stop. Yeah, I think we're going to talk to Justin Jefferson. Are you going to visit our TGI Fridays in Minnesota? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm going to try to. That same bartender still operates out of that. What was that the hotel? Do you, do you remember? Ooh. That it's connected It's across from the Mall of America. That's all I remember yeah. is that I walked out those doors and it was a short, cold walk. Right. It's not in downtown. I see. If yeah. you find yourself, I believe, north of downtown and you were at the uh, Mall of America doing mm-hmm. that thing, yes, check out the uh, well-known hotel chain that also has a TGA Fridays. That is a very famous uh, stop on the ATN history tour. Still to this day, the only guests of uh, we're lucky enough to be able to bring guests to the Super Bowl. The only guests that were still awake at 3 a.m. and getting loose um, when we got back to the hotel after recording the Super Bowl wrap up podcast. My brother, Kevin Dangerhansis, and my brother in law, (laughs) Tanner Bates, a U.S. military man, um, still the only people that were ever still rocking. Good crew. When we got home. That was a fun time at the Fridays. I can't figure which hotel this is. It's confusing because there's actually a Fridays in the Mall of America. Right, there's two. Oh. But yeah. that's how popular and that's how good this Fridays is. They have such great service that they've survived despite there right. being an, another Friday literally half a mile <laughs> away. I'm going to go ride the roller coaster and do all of the things that we had done. Oh, right. Of course. I forget what other rides we went yes, on. Yes, that was a um, long afternoon and there's probably no digital foot, footprint of all. No. Uh, at all. Oh, completely it. lost in the right. way. We, we do have the pictures, though, of, uh, of us. Um, I, I love that Wes uh, in those pictures is is a standout. That's the first. Wes uh, had been like to me, wow, I didn't realize that you were so pigeon-toed. And I was like, thanks, Wes. Thanks for noticing. Ouch. Yeah. I didn't notice that until right now. I think now. Like, when I get tired, it becomes mm. more pronounced. Maybe well, I just start Wes, dragging it Wes behind weirdly me. weirdly was super into people's gates. Yes, he, he, he was. He, he noticed everyone's different types of walks and he would categorize them and he would speak and analyze them. That's true. Quite oh, yeah. often. Yeah. He was like, you know, some of the best athletes in the world are pigeon-toed. Well, he, he was he, pigeon-toed. He is pigeon-toed, so he <laughs> looked that was it. Yeah. Very much be on part the radar. Of the club. He was part of the club. He also had yeah. incredible calf muscles. I mean, that's some Very of the best you will ever calf. see. Incredibly and he loved yeah. He loved calves and others, so maybe he was admired. He loved uh, He loved what was uh, inside of him. <laughs> pigeon-toed, <laughs> big, big old calves. Don't we all? 
Um, all right, before we go, why don't we check in? Uh, quotables. What are some quotes that Justin Graver, uh, sometimes with our assistance, sometimes on his own, came across in the last week or so? And uh, let's react to them. We turn it over to you, Mr. Gravedigger. All right. I wanted Jessica. to. <laughs> Jessica. I really wanted to like expand and hear from some coaches or players that we hadn't heard from in the last segment, Good. but unfortunately, Matt oh. Rule is just so <laughs> like he's perfect for this segment. Sure, so mm. everyone yeah. was talking about this one over Hot the weekend. Alert. Never apologize. Yeah, just you know, we're not a team that you know we're not a team that reaches the ball across the goal line. You know, uh, um, you know. I told the guys, hey, after you score a touchdown, celebrate, have fun today. This is a this isn't a true game, but we're playing it like a game. But in between the white lines, what is that in reference? So this was again? Baker Mayfield hit former Browns teammate Rashard Higgins um, for a touchdown, and Higgins lean, did the lean the ball over the thing, and Rule kind of like shut the whole thing down and said, we don't celebrate that way. The Panthers don't operate that way. This is not how we we do things, and it caught fire Literally. on on uh, Twitter. But he because, was saying like in between the white lines, like. Celebrate, but not don't celebrate first downs. I mean, I, I think it got misconstrued a little bit because a lot of teams, I think, smartly have a don't, uh, lead, you know, put the ball over the goal don't line rule. Yeah. Bell, Bell, the Patriots, like every anytime someone messes up doing that, they're like, how come they don't just make them not do that? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I it's fine to get on. Matt Rule has been incredibly unsuccessful so far, but I'm going to give him a pass on this one. I'm sure it was used as a reason why he sucks again, but I don't. I don't know. I'm not buying this one. Everyone made fun of the. <laughs> yeah. We're not a team that reaches the ball across the right. goal line. Like, oh I, yeah, we know right. the Panthers don't score touchdowns. Got it. Right. I got it. Got it. He stepped right into that one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. All right. What else? All right. Here's Mike McCarthy explaining why he chose the Mojo. Okay. Moment. Off, to a, off to a slow start here. <laughs> what do we? Why do he chose <laughs> Mojo? This is, a, this is a build up. We're now oh, getting Mojo re- moments. Building up. Yeah, Mojo moment. And Zaddy's talking Mojo moments yeah. again. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm yeah. in on this. Let's hear it. You know, because when you get ready for a team meeting obviously you look at it in your office and uh sitting there watching my office i just thought this thing was the funniest thing ever you know and then you play in the team meeting and that's not the response you get and i said well i obviously enjoyed this a lot more than they did but they it made the point as i was trying to do so oh he's reflecting on last year on hard oh, knocks no, it's back i i saw this actually doing my it didn't go well last summer right, either i did no. i was doing my column and i saw last monday he was talking about how he had brought mojo moments back <laughs> no way and i just thought we had that on the show oh my god you know, last year because they were on hard knocks last year of course and um in his mojo moments setup he had a clip from austin powers 2 the spy yeah. who shagged me and 90% of the roster wasn't even born when it came out. So maybe one thing he updated was some of his pop culture references within Mojo moments, but I don't know. Right, and bo- he, he, they're having a kicker competition there. They both had Mojo moment opportunities. Uh, it was the first one of camp. Both kickers missed. Oh. So that was, oh, no. that was a bad side. But I just, the Mojo moment was too big. This is a rare run where I think it actually <laughs> somehow was even funnier in print, but... This was part of the, the quote was he says, it's a clip all they'll never forget because it's just a little different. It's obnoxious. What is he talking about? <laughs> all right. What else do we oh have? Oh, my God. <laughs> this segment is nose diving. All right. <laughs> what else we got? All right. That one's let's on hear me. From, That's let's hear from Geno Smith. This one's fun. Right. And stop being critical of the quotable segment. You know, just no, let it breathe a little I, bit. We don't need not, to I'm not critical. do a I'm, postmortem I'm, every clip. I'm adding sort of a game show <laughs> element where each one gets a, a score. Just for okay. I, I okay. often support failing segments, 
it verbally. Do you believe this segment is failing I, somehow? No, I think it's it is great. It's fair to say that the last time we did it, it was a rollicking event, and it's gotten off to a slow start. There's right. still time to recover. I would counter that a reason why maybe it's not off to a, as fast a start is you guys don't shut up about saying what's working and what's not mm. working. Why don't we just let it roll? Well, you're also critiquing our critique. So, <laughs> All right, you said Geno Smith. Guys, I love being here. I know, I know Geno Smith <laughs> is going to bring the goods. Let's hear what he's got to say. I will go on record to say I have his back. No matter what, I have Drew Locke's back. Uh, you know, I want that to be known. And uh, we're teammates, we're competing, but, uh, you know, we're in the same offense and we're in the same room, and uh, we're going to make each other better. Unbelievable. Okay, this is great. I mean, that's that's a teammate. When that's I think a great teammate, teammate, yeah. I think Geno Smith, and I absolutely, Greg, believe every time Drew Locke takes a snap, Geno Smith is the guy rooting for him the hardest on that sideline. He was then loving their scrimmage <laughs> on Friday. Oh, yeah. Drew Locke started 10 for 10. Slaughtered Geno. 10 for 10 for 150 and two touchdowns to start off against the Seahawks' first-team offense. Still not getting first-team reps, but Drew Locke... Uh, Won that round. Was that hard for you to see, Greg? It's early. It's early. But I think it opens the door. <laughs> Gino didn't do that bad either. He scored, you know, his he ran the offense and the numbers were fine and he scored a couple of times. But Locke, Locke had a nice day. All right, let's Ooh. let's break down that one. How was that, Mark? I thought that one, that, that had better production elements to it. Um, yeah. It had more going on for it in general in terms yeah. of its spirit. Good. Okay. That was to the Mark's best execution. Point, it's good if it's a fast-paced segment. That's sure. true. Yeah. Absolutely. What else we got? All right, let's go to Dan's Jets. All right. And discussing the first-round pick, Sauce Gardner. Oh, yeah. That's a great, talented, you know, obviously long, lean athlete. You can see him. Um, so, But he's a, he's a mod right now until he until he gets to the field. He's not Sauce yet. Until until he plays and he balls out, then we'll call him Sauce. But he's a mod right now. Oh, that's Carl Lawson, by the way. That, oh, okay. He's like, got to earn the Sauce. Hey, Gravedigger, just to make the segment sing. Yeah, I realized as soon as I started playing it, yeah. then I needed no, to sorry. Carl <laughs> Lawson. We're getting, we're getting better. Yeah, well, another day. Di- definitely it's a, another. It's training camp. We are just getting ready for the season. Sure. We're working through stuff. We're seeing what it's works. Good. That's good. That's good though. Lawson, Lawson's back and looking good too. So like that's that. good. He's taking sort of the leadership. And role. also, infamously, when we had Kayvon Thibodeau on the show um, last month, that's the right word he, for it. He said, "I don't want anything to do." Essentially. I don't want anything to do with any rookie hazing. Nobody can stick me with a bill. Nobody can do anything to me. I like this more old school mentality where it's like, I know you're sauce gardener in your mind, and that's what your chain says, but you're a mod until you're sauce on the NFL field. I'm with it. You can't just like walk in here with that nickname and not earn it. Like that's By the way, our friend Kayvon is um, having a very nice training camp, according to multiple reports. I don't want anyone to misconstrue um, our infamous interview with I gotta Kayvon. listen to this interview. Yeah, we, I, <laughs> I was there for the first two. The first yeah. time when when Greg moved to LA, right? And we had we had started our version of our podcast, the right. Debate Club. Greg's only piece of advice was, if you're going to do it, why not do this professionally? Why not have it be a li- an right. actually val- like a, a, a podcast that sounds professional? Right. Sounds like an obnoxious comment from a guy. So I don't need Greg to listen to the Kayvon interview necessarily. Oh, no. Oh, really? Don't. Now you're beating yourself up too much. Well, no, I'm saying it was not. It's I'm not sure the thing it I sounded Greg, professional. I think back in the well, day, it sound, was it was more of a sound quality thing, right? I, I think I missed uh, no. this interview. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, my point being uh, that, you know, it's OK for a rookie to have to earn mm. it in our league. That doesn't mean you have to tape them to the goalpost. Or, no, it's different. You know, 
What else we got? Let's check in with Russell Wilson on how hard he's going to work in Denver. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Well, I think, first of all, I think that, uh, you know, for me, I've always been about, you know, the extra work. You know, if somebody says you got to do you know, X, X amount, I triple it. <laughs> Everything, just triple it. <laughs> you can understand why he's a guy that's a source of eye rolls within his own locker room at times. I talked to him at training camp when I was in Denver. How'd that go? And, you know, I tried to get him to answer something about Seattle, tried to, like, walk him into something, mm-hmm. um, and asked him, like, about the importance of a first start, considering their first game is against Seattle. Um, but what he ended – he didn't go for any of it at all. But then he ended up talking mm-hmm. and saying that you have to play without emotion, which – I. I was like, wait, but isn't everything, isn't competing like mm. emotional? And he was like, you can play without emotion. You can be passionate, but not emotional. And so that was his whole thing about it playing Seattle was not playing with any emotion. Interesting. He our, was not our, playing ball with you, though. Our friend Henry Hudson, no. it's, you know, spent a lot of time with him over the years, once in Brazil and then recently in the UK when Dangerous was over there uh, promoting something or other. Mm-hmm. Just like, very tight. Yeah, it's there are stories. Not all of them we could share on the show. Nope. Uh, anything else, Gravedigger? I have two more. One is Ron Rivera speaking on Carson Wentz accuracy issues, which we kind of already touched on. What else you got? I have Dan Campbell um, comparing wide receiver Josh Reynolds to an insect. You know, this is a good way to close with Love hard it. knocks. Yeah. On the way. All right. He's a different athlete. He's there's a slippery. He's slippery, man. He's uh, he's I call him the praying mantis. Um, he's a spider yes. of death. He's just <laughs> there's something about him, you know. So freaking serpent. I love Wait, him. I love him. Yes, Dan Campbell. Praying mantis, spider of death, and then he goes all the way to like a, a biblical level serpent. serpent. Yeah. That will be on Hard Knocks, I would imagine. I hope so. I mean, uh, yeah. That's like not what a praying mantis is no. like, right? Um, slippery is not the no. first thing. You know, it's not a spider. Speaking of, you know, we, we spoke about the movie. Nope. Praying right. mantis with a, a crucial role. Ooh, this is not a giving important. anything away, but a cru- mm-hmm. crucial role mm-hmm. in the movie. Nope. Speaking big, big summer for praying mantis. It is. It's a big manti season. <laughs> um, Colleen and I, Hard Knocks podcast rolls out tomorrow night. So look for that in Get the feed. Excited. Also, this particular program, the Around the NFL podcast, is now, in addition to being on YouTube, which I think people knew, mm-hmm. but it is, we're also now on the NFL app, the NFL channel, which is a new thing. That's whatever, wherever on your device, I guess type in NFL oh, channel and you can watch. Could have come up maybe a, a flashier name for that? Well, there's yeah. NFL Network and NFL Channel. And so some people you, probably call NFL Network. It's oh, like NFL you have like channel, a little smart cast on your TV at home, if the you, little NFL yes. app. It's right there. Yeah, and if you have the NFL app on your phone, you just go to the top right mm-hmm. menu, and then it can pull up like there's NFL Network, and then under that there's NFL Channel. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And you, YouTube. I mean, famously, there's like a 30 seconds of the video rolling after we finish right. that people mm-hmm. find see the real electric. Heroes. Uh, Mark throwing off his headset and Bing. running out. Now that, now that I think about it, me critiquing the name of the channel, probably not going over very well with executives inside the building. Maybe we'll curtail yeah. that commentary and of, future of use. Of course, we're also now on NFL Plus, which is the new um, streaming service rolled out by NFL. 
And um, that's also where you can get Game Pass. I think. Oh, it's a sensational mm-hmm. product. Yeah. There you go. Subscription start at four ninety nine a month. Go to plus.nfl.com. Look I know at you. all the promos by heart now. <laughs> um, all right, Connie, you've said it all. I will see you tomorrow. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hard Knocks podcast rolling out. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday with another show. Till then, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.